need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. So, hello everybody and welcome to another China Business Cast. This is Shlomo here and Mike as always. Hey Mike. What's up, man? Everything is well. You know that today we are celebrating 50 episodes together. We started 26. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Gone away. We've, been, years, we've so been through a lot. That's like over double the amount of shows when, you know, 26 to 76. So double the amount of since the show has started. So it's great. It's been great to be co-hosts together. Yeah. Awesome time. So what's going on with you? Yeah. You know, recording today, I'm still in Shenzhen, China, but I'm packing up, trying not to forget anything. It'll be a long trip to the U.S. uh, for a few weeks for mostly for the more than Chinese New Year for almost three weeks. That's a long time for you, as I remember. Yeah. Three weeks. I always try to do it for a longer amount of time because the uh, I don't go there. I've, it's been over two and a half years, so and my family doesn't come here. So I try to maximize the travel time and cost and everything. Mm-hmm. Four flights now, so oh, so it's family visit. My mostly family family visit. We have the workshop and we have uh, the trip to Colombia for a few days. But uh, yeah, nice. most, mostly <laughs> mostly family time in Florida. Nice. I'm also preparing for a U.S. trip, but that's going to be beginning of March. So I'm, I think I'm missing you in just a few days. Yeah, that's a bummer. Is Met, real, maybe. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, I leave 18th of February. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I'm missing missing you. Yeah, we have a family wedding, and I'm also going to get to see some old Beijing friends who moved to New York. So that's cool. There are actually a lot of people that. Uh, me and my wife would like to see there. Uh, many of them uh, moved back, so that's going to be cool. Um, but that's going to happen in a month or so. We don't have tickets yet, and we're still planning, but the, the, this is about the dates. So that's going to be March. So if any of the listeners are in the New York area, New York City area, let me know. Definitely. <laughs> but you're not going to be there. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, we're getting serious here a little bit. We're getting serious, actually. Mike and I be discussing the future of the show, and we both are very busy with our businesses. Uh, I'm with Free Financial Self, and Mike with uh, Global from Asia and the events that he's doing, and uh, actually all over the world. We don't have a lot of time to put in the podcast, but we do know how much our listeners, you, like it as we're getting great feedback about this and we're getting those emails and people saying how much the show is good and giving them a lot of good information of what's going on in China. And we do want to keep it running, but we do need your support on this. We're looking for somebody who can volunteer and help us running the show. We need somebody that can find uh, new guests and filter them and then prepare questions for the interviews so we'd be able to then keep going with the show. So if you are able to help, please contact us or email us at uh, hosts at chinabusinesscast.com. That's the that's the email. Yeah, yeah, guys, yeah. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. And we've had we've had some great feedback, like Shlomo says, and and we are uh, we I think we'll find somebody. I mean, and there's just decent amount of listeners and people enjoying the show. So we it would be great to have someone here on the team. Yeah, definitely. And we also, you know, maybe if you're if you also don't have much time, I think the second best is is money. <laughs> money can buy time, and we have a. 
we're at Patreon and you can hop on over at chinabusinesscast.com slash support and choose. There's some very, very affordable rates and uh, it really, everyone counts and is appreciated. Yeah, we need to cover our expenses of, of the production. Yeah, so we have a great guest today, Shlomo. Uh, you got to do the interview and uh, it's, a, it's a friend of mine, ours here in Shenzhen while you were here a few months ago. Yeah. So yeah, that was a while back. That was a great one. And it's Greg Curtin, or he usually goes just by his last name, Curtin. He's uh, amazing. Like He does a lot of PR and marketing and works in some great companies. And we get him on the show. This is Shlomo on the microphone and talking about startup scene in Shenzhen and diff- between China and marketing and some great talks. So I think it'll be a great one. Everybody enjoy. Tune in. So hello, everybody, and welcome to another China Business Cast. This time I'm recording myself, and I'm here in this beautiful space of TechCrunch, Nan- TechCrunch, sorry. I'm in Nanshan, in a tech temple in Shenzhen. This is, I was saying TechCrunch because uh, the reason that I'm here in Shenzhen is because TechCrunch was, had a conference here uh, a couple of days ago, and I was joining and meeting a lot of people and getting to know the startup community in Shenzhen. And uh, today I have Gregory Curtin, a.k.a. Curtin, And um, he's going to first tell us about himself. And also, I plan to speak with him because we wanted to talk about why Shenzhen? What's, how's the startup scene in Shenzhen? What's new here? These are things that you haven't heard of before, heard different things about Shenzhen. So he's here to speak about this with us. So, uh, Quentin, go ahead. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Shlomo, thank you. It's good to come here from, uh, from uh, Tech Temple here. One of the two offices. Uh, yeah, so a little bit about me. I live here and work here in Shenzhen. My company is a PR firm. We hunt Chinese tech products and we help take them to the U.S. market. And so by being in PR, we get a, a great reach into many different industries, tech-related industries here. So uh, I first came to Shenzhen in 2009 um, on, on business. And uh, mainly in Hong Kong, and we popped over to Shenzhen. And back then, it was just kind of a, you know, a little brother. Like uh, Guangzhou had the big Canton Fair, and everybody went to Hong Kong. And Shenzhen was growing, certainly, but it wasn't really on the map. Uh, whereas today, oh, it's amazing. You know, it's night and day. As you just said, TechCrunch was here um, hosting their, you know, uh, big event instead of just sticking in Shanghai and Beijing. Uh, now Shenzhen's on the map, not just with them, but with a number of other folks as well. So uh, I got a great chance to, to meet loads of people in the last couple of weeks, uh, foreigners and also Chinese from other cities to talk about Shenzhen and business-wise, what they expect from here and investment-wise and should they move here, should they have an office here uh, and what kind of products are coming out and, and why they're coming out of Shenzhen and not other cities. So after all, why, why Shenzhen? And I'm saying Shenzhen because this is the, the way that uh, it's pronounced in, uh, in Mandarin. Um, but most of the foreigners know it as uh, Shenzhen. Also where I come from in Israel, you're saying Shenzhen. And then when Shenzhen is like, uh, that, what's that? So uh, yeah, that's Shenzhen. Yeah. So here, uh, the number one thing you'll notice and the number one thing a lot of the journalists uh, from overseas noticed was that it's a different feel 
for a Chinese city. There's a lot more kind of entrepreneurial spirit, innovation that doesn't get swatted down as easily. If you're from one of the, the more rural provinces or if you're from a big city, you know, you have big city competition. There, there's not much opportunity in the rural provinces, but you have a good idea and you come to Shenzhen. All of a sudden, there are marketing teams, there are accountants, there, there are office spaces that are willing to, to lend you a hand. There's government support. And now, increasingly, there are more eyes of the world looking at products coming out of here. So you can kind of fast track your product and get into the European market, the American market, much, much quicker than you could if you had stayed at home. So we're seeing a lot of that. It's kind of the innovation and the immigrant capital now of China, uh, which saves us a lot of time. We don't have to scour the country. We can just stay here <laughs> and let all the good ideas come to us. Yeah. Just uh, a few quick words about, um, let's say, uh, Shenzhen versus Guangzhou, because um, Guangzhou counts as the manufacturing sourcing capital in China. Shenzhen became the hardware uh, capital of China. Um, you certainly hear more and more about that. But I mean, is that the ma- are, are these are the main differences in terms of maybe branding or things that really happened? I don't know Guangzhou that well. Yeah, me, me personally, I, I've been to Guangzhou a number of times. I've never lived there. Uh, I have friends there. I would say for for using Guangzhou for what it is, it's, it's still fine. You know, you can go to the Canton Fair, you can find what you need, you can get great volume and things like that. When I was working in Africa, we would fly over to Guangzhou for that reason. Same in Europe. But I would say Shenzhen is more of the complete package. For example, most of these innovators from all around China speak Mandarin. And Shenzhen used to speak Cantonese. Now they speak Mandarin because of so many uh, implants. Guangzhou is still very much dominated by by Cantonese. And it's much... Yes. Though it's further north. And the the southern... The southern you, how do you say that? The southern you, get, you go in China, the more Cantonese you hear. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite strange. Uh, when I was living in uh, northern parts of China, they said, go south, speak Cantonese. And so you get into the Canton you know, region, and then all of a sudden... Shenzhen is this Mandarin blip <laughs> where you, uh, you, have, you have the you know, major language uh, spoken here. So that's great for us because uh, for Westerners who have learned Mandarin Chinese, we can then continue to do business with locals here. Uh, we still have access to Hong Kong right across the bridge. We can take a ship. It's so quick, so easy. We can fly people into Hong Kong. We can have meetings in Hong Kong if there are visa issues. So this, there are a lot of advantages of being here. And especially for the Chinese innovators themselves, the entrepreneurs, they have a much, much easier time moving to Shenzhen, keeping their native language, not having to worry about uh, setting up a business in Hong Kong and different tax laws. It's so much simpler. Uh, And so it's great. It's great for all of us to see this kind of uh, coming together. So uh, when we... uh spoke about this interview and actually another conversation we had uh, earlier this week. Uh, You've mentioned that um, you spoke with people at TechCrunch and they're having different opinions about Shenzhen and uh, how it changed during the few, how the opinion changed about Shenzhen in those few days that they came to the conference. Um, You're saying it's not all positive, but I'm I'm interested to hear how it changed and what people really thought about that. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Most of us who are not born here, we've moved here for a reason, uh, the reasons we've just spoke about. But 
after those reasons, now we're kind of in a bubble because we live here. So we don't necessarily know what's being said about Shenzhen in, in Europe, Africa, the Americas, etc. So it was really great for us to see some fresh opinions coming straight from the airport. You know, some of them had never been to China before, let alone Shenzhen. And so, yes, uh, as you said, when they first arrived, a lot of folks said, oh, there's so much hype. You know, this is going to be an amazing trip. Shenzhen has everything. Um, other people were confused. They said, well, how can it be a hardware capital? But, you know, we're here for software. <clears throat> how does that work? Somebody asked, where's the Great Wall? <laughs> no, no, well, my, maybe, but they didn't ask me. Uh, luckily, luckily. Hopefully we're all getting a bit more educated about China. But... Um, Yeah. So in the beginning, they were all very excited. Uh, unfortunately, they had deadlines, you know, that journalists, so they didn't get to spend much time in the city. Um, but they did get to meet a lot of the, the startups themselves. They, they'd speak with the founders and we hosted a few events uh, around the city at night to kind of give them more of the Shenzhen atmosphere and uh, let them meet some of the local folks that we know here. <clears throat> and yeah, you're right. At the end of their, their time in Shenzhen, a lot of them had kind of, you know, um, had said, yes, the hype is real. Uh, uh, this is an amazing city. Uh, this, this startup guy, you know, made a prototype in three weeks. It would have taken us, you know, six months, blah, blah, blah. But to your point, there were a few people who were, uh, I don't want to say disappointed, but maybe disillusioned, right? They were thinking that the government was handing out money left and right you know, free office space to every entrepreneur. And that's just, that's just not the case. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's still a struggle here. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition in, for example, bike sharing, you know, uh, a year ago, you know, nothing. And then you see one or two of the larger companies. Now everybody and their uncle, you know, might have a, a bike sharing company and there are lots of failures. Uh, even today in the news, there was a, a company who lost 90% of their bikes. They can't find them. <laughs> so that's, it's never a good thing when you're your number one asset and you, you've misplaced almost all of them. So <clears throat> there are still plenty of mistakes and we're nowhere near full maturity. So I think there's an opportunity to, to make things better here, but uh, it's, it's not as great as maybe we're being hyped in New York or San Francisco or, or whichever publications these people are reading, but it's still maybe the number one place to come for, for a lot of folks at the level where they're at. Would you say that, so I, I mentioned that, uh, Shenzhen is, is, uh, known for its hardware scene. Um, would you recommend somebody not doing hardware coming here? You mean somebody who's not interested in hardware at all? Would I still recommend them come to Shenzhen? Let's say a non-hardware startup. Uh, they're doing software. Some, well, if it's import-export, perhaps, even if it's not related. But uh, let's put these aside. I'm talking about other kind of technology startups that are not, their core thing is not hardware. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the people I've met, the Chinese and the foreigners, uh, a lot of them have been in their specific industry for, you know, 10 or 12 years. And maybe now they're jumping to help a startup. But they're bringing with them eight years of experience from maybe ZTE or Lenovo or HTC or something like that. <clears throat> and some of their backgrounds hardware, but a lot of time it isn't. It's in uh, sales or distribution or marketing or something like that. 
And these people are looking to work. A lot of uh, startups <clears throat> are hiring these uh, experienced type folks. So if you're a startup, not in hardware, you can come to Shenzhen and take advantage of the, the growth in general. And you can pick off some of these great minds that have great localized experience and international experience. Um, and yeah, you don't touch the hardware. You, you never go to Huachang Bay. That's fine. Um, but uh, at Tech Temple, exa- uh, for, for example, we have two locations here and uh, very few of the companies are really heavily relying on software. Uh, most of the folks here, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, relying on hardware. Most of the folks here, you know, they might be doing translation. Uh, they might be doing um, some kind of fashion integration, uh, a, lot of, a lot of media stuff. So I would say hardware dominates a lot of the news and the articles maybe around the globe. But from living here, I don't see it as, as a, a be-all, end-all. It has to be hardware. No, not at all. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. You mentioned before... Uh, when we spoke that you lived in a few places in China. I, to be frank, I don't remember where. And you mentioned other places around the globe. But how would you compare then Shenzhen to other places? Uh, of course, it's uh, time-related because things change. Beijing is not the same. Like when I lived there in starting 2000, end of 2011 till 2014, it's not the same as today. So, but maybe you can still relate to that. Yeah, I would say um, uh, Shenzhen's changed as well. I, I, I came here eight years ago, and now it's a much nicer place to live. Everything from the, the ease of transportation and the options, and it's, it's still so affordable uh, in, in the ways a lot of other growing cities uh, aren't. Of course, real estate prices are going up, but a lot of things are super affordable. And we have Hong Kong next door, so it's easy to compare like, wow, I'm so glad I live here and <laughs> not, not over there. Um, but yeah, compared to Africa, Europe, the Americas and other parts. Oh, in China. Okay. Compared to uh, Jiangsu province, uh, Shanghai, um, you know, even, even uh, uh, up north, right? Shenyang and Beijing. I like it here a lot. Uh, the weather's a bit much, but that's a personal, that's a personal choice. What, what I do like here is how, how quickly things are adopted, right? So there'll be a good idea coming out of Japan and Shenzhen's metro will say, we have to do that. And of course, Shanghai and Beijing might follow along as well. Uh, there might be uh, Alipay or, or WeChat uh, integration that, that starts on Monday and by Wednesday, everybody's using it and the shops have adapted. You know, they, they've put up a new sign. And so within a week, right, your friends are telling you, oh, do this new thing. It's easier. It makes your life easier. It's quicker. It's more efficient. And it's just, it's just one after another. Like, what's next? You know, I'm eating better. I'm, I'm you know, uh, washing my clothes easier. I'm getting to work easier. Uh, I'm ordering things from overseas, um, communicating with people uh, at work. It, it's amazing. Any specific stories or examples that you can share regarding those? Uh, yeah, I would say, um, 
So when I first moved to China, we didn't have WeChat. All right. There was no WeChat. Everybody was on QQ and uh, I had to go to the bank and get out money. And, you know, maybe the ATM wasn't 24 hours and things like that. And it really hit me a few uh, weeks ago. I was I was playing rugby uh, and we, we had a, a party afterwards. Chinese rugby, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The uh, uh, British uh, Chinese Yingshu de Ganlancho, right? <laughs> and so uh, we're, we're at a, we're at a place, and it turns out we're actually at a, a restaurant that has uh, a bar that takes uh, a separate bill than the restaurant. So we had food and drinks from two separate places, but we're all you know eating, and some people are leaving, some people have already gone home. How do we pay for the bill? And I'm kind of nervous because I remember how it used to be in China. I was like, oh, we all have to have cash. We have to get exact change. We have to get a fapiao. We have to, right? And now the waitress looks at us. She's like, oh, no problem. Like, here's the total. Sort it out on WeChat. And a guy just touches a couple buttons and boom, my phone pops up. Please pay this exact amount. The math's already sorted. And I just hit one button and I've paid my bill. And I said, what about the guy who left already? Yeah, he's in a taxi. He, he hit the button too. He's paid. And the owners are happy. We're happy. It's hassle-free. Oh, I was just blown away because I said, the next generation of Chinese are growing up in this atmosphere. They think that this is normal and they're going to expect this and then build on top of it. And when I called my friends and family back in the U.S. and I said, you guys got to get on QR codes. You got to get on, you know, sharing, uh, sharing bills. You have to get uh, mobile friendly, you know, uh, money transactions. They said, oh, no, no, no. You know, we're happy with our system. And I said, you're going to get passed up. You're going to get passed up. And so, so much of what I've seen in Shenzhen is almost a battlefield for the future of, uh, of technology that the world will adopt. The shared bikes is a great example where you're starting to see the, the inefficient ones fall off and the bigger companies getting $600 million investment, $425 million investment, and then another round of investment. And now they're spreading to five countries and then it's going to be eight countries. And if you're paying for the bikes through QR codes and Alipay and WeChat, countries are going to have to start adopting those payment methods. So just along with this One Belt, One Road initiative, I think the influence and the technology from China is going to definitely spread, not just around Southeast Asia, but Asia, Oceania, and then into Europe. So I really wish people would start paying more attention. Can you say a few words about this One Belt, One Road so our listeners would know what that is? Uh, sure. Yeah, sorry. It's talked about a lot here. I just, uh, I assume. So One Belt, One Road initiative, uh, I believe it's about $3 trillion U.S. dollars uh, estimated uh, initiative proposed by the Chinese to build infrastructure projects across the Old Silk Road and also a new maritime uh, route connecting Asia uh, through South I'm sorry, connecting China through East Asia, Southeast Asia, South Asia, the Middle East, and then East Africa and Europe. So I forget the exact number of countries, but 60 countries. It goes all the way to Rome. It goes all the way to, I think, Germany, right? Is at the end of it. But uh, Tanzania, Kenya, Pakistan, uh, many, many, many countries involved. So it's, it's very exciting here because China has now developed and now they're looking for more work. You know, you can only build so many subways in one country. <laughs> so now they have about 40, 40 cities with subways in China. Now they can start building in these other countries. 
Subway to Pakistan. So I think we're going to see a lot of Chinese technology that works exported to these places, and it's going to become part of uh, an integral part of the culture. So that's why it's very, I think, imperative that people around the world, and especially in the One Belt One Road countries, pay attention to what's happening in Shenzhen on the streets. How are people using their mobile phones? What about AR? What's the future of VR going to be? Uh, how are people using mobile payments? What about fintech, uh, blockchain? All these things are very important, I believe, because China's influence, especially in tech, is 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 growing. And now there's a clear plan with the One Belt One Road of exactly where it's going to grow. So, okay, uh, we're getting towards the end, and uh, I wanna maybe our listeners would like to know how to get in touch with you. What are the best ways? Except of WeChat, because not everybody has WeChat. I mean, out of China. Sure. Yeah. Uh, good point. If you do have WeChat, uh, my name is uh, Curtin Nine C U R T I N, and then the number nine. I have email as well. I think a lot of people still use email, right? Not everybody here still uses, but, but my email is again my name Curtin C U R T I N at Zocus dot com uh, Z O C U S uh, dot com. And again, that's, that's us here in Shenzhen. Uh, we do PR. So shoot me a WeChat or, uh, or an email. Curtin, great having you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry. China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.